0: For joining us as we hear an anointed word from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Well, good evening. All right. So wonderful to see you all this evening. Hallelujah. It is. It's a joy to be here. Well, on the way in on church tonight, we got by two accidents <laughs> of US One. She got, she got us beat. Yeah, we were like, wow, you know. And it's, uh, it's quite fitting because the topic that I'm going to speak on tonight has to do exactly that. So I'm going to talk about a painful word tonight. It's not very popular, I know. So don't get mad at me. Oh, we were ready. It's often referred to as long-suffering. And that word is patience. It's very important to our walk of faith. This is why I suppose the Holy Ghost wanted me to speak on this tonight. It's important that we know and understand and even master this key component of our faith. I remember as a young boy, like most kids, I just couldn't wait until Christmas. Like most children, I I would spend the whole month just talking about Christmas, you know, what we were going to do on Christmas Day, what we were going to get, you know, the bikes, the toys, things of that nature, the money, and it was just always exciting for me. It was always an exciting time of year. But as I got older, the more I anticipated the day, the faster it would come and the faster it would go. You know, and eventually I just learned to wait for it and keep the excitement burning in my heart all year long. Or at least I tried to do that, right? I attempted and, and I did fail many times. The great thing about Christmas is you get to share the excitement with others. My wife, Latasha, gets most excited about Christmas as the years go by. Just about more than anyone that I know. She's like a big elf or something. In fact, she was an elf at our last Christmas party. And our daughters, Shazzy and Zimi, they follow close by, always thinking about others at Christmas time, always thinking what they can do to share God's love with another person. And I see it growing in them day by day as well. So Christmas is, is a wonderful time, a wonderful time of year. And hearing about God's kingdom here in church is so similar to the beauty of Christmas. Everyone there is so happy in God's kingdom. Everyone has plenty of joy in God's kingdom. Because of their righteousness and peace, they're always so giving. And I believe Christmas time is like a snapshot of the kingdom of God. This is why, you know, I've longed for many years to see the kingdom of, of heaven. It's not something in me that just sprung up. You know two years ago three years ago I mean as long as I can remember as a little child I look forward to the day of seeing God's kingdom on earth and I was so very glad when pastor Tom took the bull by the horns and started preaching about God's kingdom because I I love it I love it and I live for it and I'm sure we all do as well we live to see the day to where the earth is transformed into the beauty, and to the glory, and to the manifestation of God's kingdom. So we wait for it patiently. Amen? Having patience is the ability to wait and endure without complaining. As I was reminded on the way here, I knew that I couldn't open my mouth in the wrong direction. Because the minute I opened my mouth in the wrong direction on the way here, I would be basically stepping out of faith. I just said what faith dictates. The devil is a lie, and the truth is not in him. That was a false report, running into tra- traffic jam after traffic jam, but I didn't speak the symptom, I spoke the solution. The devil's plain and simple, he's a lie. The truth is not in him. I will be on time to my meeting tonight, by the grace of God to give God glory and by God's grace we just went through happily and and easily patience is staying in the alignment in which God had purpose for us before the foundation of the world we must remember we are the father's essence 1 John 4 8 reveals that he is love and we are love creations we are love we are patient and we are kind And if I can have 1 Corinthians 13 and 4 and 6 on the prompter there. I can post that up there. And if you want to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. I'm going to be reading from 4 and 6. My Bible says charity suffereth long. Now, we know that, that charity in, in the uh, translations uh, out of the Greek is, is called love. Um, I'm starting for the fourth, fourth verse because it's, it's kind of wordy. So, um, But if we focus in on verse 4, it, it starts hitting on some key aspects. And charity or love suffereth long or patient. Charity or love... Is patient and is kind, charity envieth not, charioteth vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up, doth not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinks no evil, rejoice rejoices not in iniquity, but rejoice in truth, it beareth all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endure all things. Charity never fails. So back to the top, where it makes the definition of telling us what charity is, what love is. It equates it to patience. Love is patient. Love is kind. And to give us an example of what patience is at its finest, we see it through our Heavenly Father as he made creation. It is personified or exemplified through our Heavenly Father as He created the heavens and the earth. He didn't do it all in one day. He used patience to bring forth creation. Amen? Amen. So on day one, He says, He brought forth light out of darkness. That was day one. Genesis 1 and 4 states, Day two, he created the firmament, which is the lower heavens, and called it good. Genesis 1 and 7. Day three, he separated the seas and the dry ground and brought forth trees, grass, and herbs. All right. So here's our father taking one day at a time, not being in a rush, but seeing the perfect good manifestation and then calling it good. As he brought it forth out of creation. Day four, he created the sun, moon, and stars for light for us, and used them for signs and for seasons. That's Genesis 1:14 through 18. Day five, God created great whales and fish of the sea, the fowl of the air, and over every beast of the field. And he called them good. Genesis 1, 20, 25. Day six, on the sixth day, he created man in his image and after his likeness. Day seven, the heavens and the earth were finished and God sanctified sanctified it and rested. So in the six days of creation, we see the patience of our loving father and it perfected. As James 1, 3 and 4 says, patience will have its perfect work. We see the kindness of our Father manifested through his gift of Jesus to humanity. The kindness of Jesus is taking the crucifixion on the cross for us, even though he was completely innocent. That's kindness. And to think how patient he was when they came to arrest him. He stated to the Roman guards, I can call 12 legions of angels down and I wouldn't have to deal with any of this. But yet, he was patient. He says, No man take my life, but I willingly lay it down. Yeshua gave his life and he waited patiently to do it. He put up with the false accusations, the lies. the the mistreatment, if you will. He patiently endured. How much can we patiently wait, patiently wait with others as we see them at a certain level of their walk? I don't know everybody's level or their walk. I don't think you do as well. But our job is to patiently understand where everyone is at, and lovingly and kindly treat them in a respectful manner. Amen? We also see the kindness of Christ as he is on the cross. And after everything is said and done, He said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. That's that's kindness demonstrated. That's beyond kind. That's amazing. That's amazing love. And how wonderful is the love of our Savior to where he can be mistreated as he was, maligned, ridiculed, and basically left for dead yes yet he cried out and said father forgive them for they know not what they do that's luke 23 34 now in first corinthians 13 it tells us what love is and it tells us what love is not you know and i like to refer refer to it time and time again although in my own walk i noticed that i need to re refer to it more and more and make it more relevant in my life on a daily basis amen because I find myself from time to time falling short of what God expects of me and I don't want to fall short I want to increase I want to be on the increase when I see him in that day I want him to say well well done my good and faithful servant enter into the joy of thy Lord I don't want to meet a, you know, someone who, a mighty God that, that, you know, he thinks that I had pleasure in myself or that I was full of vanity. So what Corinthians tells us, it tells us it's not envious. Love is not envious. Love is not selfish. Love is not arrogant. Love is not easily provoked. Love is not rude. When we're in traffic coming up today, you know, people were a little rude you know they're going to they're going you know people these days they're going to cut you off you know they're going to uh, you know throw hand signs at you all that kind of stuff but guess what guess what we're called to do God bless you you know turn the other cheek and walk and stay aligned to the kingdom of heaven so love is not rude okay it's not evil nor does it think evil it doesn't rejoice in evil reports. But what love does do, it does rejoice in the truth, it bears all things, believes all things, and hopes all things. Love never fails. And I never forget the, the time that I heard Pastor Tom teach that and drive that point home in the book of Corinthians, that part in, in, in uh, chapter uh, verse eight. Love never fails love never fails you know where prophecy may fail words of knowledge may, will fail you know love will never fail because God is love God is the very essence of love and it is our love that worketh our faith and if we find ourselves that our faith isn't really working our belief our relationship then we gotta look at our love wall you know we gotta go back to the blueprint in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and say, oh, I failed. Up, oh, I got to get this right. I call it a Holy Spirit diagnosis. The Holy Spirit will examine yourself in morning prayer. You know, it'll tell you, you're a little low here. You're a little low here. You need to increase here. You need to increase there. Right? Because you know the previous day or the previous night, what took out of you. And so just like Romans 12 says, we got to renew our minds. Well, we got to renew our spirits you know the Bible says renew created me a clean heart oh Yahweh renew a right spirit in me Psalms chapter 50 or 51 one of those you know so we got to be renewed and understand that we got to regenerate and we got to replenish and we can't get discouraged when we fail or when we falter because we are going to fail and we're going to falter that's why the Lord knew he had, to, he had to give the substitution of Jesus Christ. He already knew that. It's us that we, we get, we're like surprised. Like, I'm not supposed to fail. I'm not supposed to mess up or this, that, and the other. When you're learning how to do anything, learning takes time. Learning takes trial and error, right? Amen. If you're learning how to ride a bike, you're going to fall. Gonna, that's why you need those training wheels. That's why you need daddy or mommy following behind you until you get the hang of it. Just like our faith walk. We have to learn certain things. We have to learn how to confess. We have to learn to overcome our emotions and override it with what the word of God says, what the promise says, and speak the promise instead of the problem. Y'all getting too quiet on me. That thought this was supposed to be a party in here tonight. Now, let me say this, uh, even though we are love creations, this doesn't mean that we are doormats, okay, that we're docile or gullible or anything like that. This, but this is for our daily walk, this is for our peace, our, our, our mentality, see. And this is what Romans 13 is about, it's, it talks about uh, governors, it talks about uh, ministers that bear the sword they, they do not bear the sword in vain but they're called to execute wickedness okay so we're not talking about extremism on, an, on another level see Jesus didn't have to go into all that because many of that stuff was understood by what Moses came to do because he was a lawgiver you know life for a life eye for an eye, death for a death he, he brought all that stuff so he he knew that he would exterminate wickedness and keep wickedness out of the camp. Amen? All right. So, you know, I had to say that because you got people out there thinking that, you know, love is a, a hunky-dory type of thing. We're supposed to, you know, just love people, let them do and carry it on. No, God is God has a way of dealing with wickedness and punishing wickedness. Amen? Okay. He always has and always will. All right. And, if you love something, you will first protect it, okay? If you have a wife, you protect a wife. If you have children, you protect, you protect children, all right? It is God's law, it's God's will, and it's part of his love plan, is that he protects what he loves. And let the church say amen. Amen. Now, if we fail to learn lessons of patience, it will often repeat itself. Let's go to um, Exodus chapter 17. And if we can bring it up on the prompter, it'll be nice. We're going to look at the life of Moses. I mean, Moses was a great man of God. Was and is a great man of God. But the Lord, you know, the Lord Yahweh, the Lord Yeshua, the Lord God Almighty, you know, he he gave us this this uh this will and testament so that we could we could look at at the other's lives and, and and glean from it and grow so this is uh, you know they had a, the children of Israel the people of God they had a struggle after they left Egypt you know living in Egypt it was a struggle it was hot they were in bondage they were, they were whipped daily they were mistreated things of that nature but when they when they came out of Egypt it was still a struggle for them amen even though they had God in their presence so I'm just going to read from a couple of chapters, and then we're going to, we're going to see what God has for us. But starting at, uh, let's see, 17, I'm going to read the first two verses, 17, 1 and 2. And all the congregation of the children of Israel journeyed from wilderness of sin. Isn't that amazing how the Bible points that out, the wilderness of sin? That's what sin is. It's a wilderness. It's a dry place. And you need to be replenished. You need, you need to resuscitate on God's word, God's presence, God's revelation in order to, for that spirit man to come forth and bring you out of that dry place if you just find yourself sinning all the time. Now, after their journey, according to the commandment of the Lord, and pitched in Rephidim, so that's a place there uh, between Egypt and Israel, and there was no water for the people to drink. Wherefore, the people did chide with Moses and said, give us water that we may drink. And Moses said unto them, we, why chide with me? Wherefore, do you tempt the Lord by doing that? Okay, so chiding is another word for complaining. They were, there had some very hard words for Moses because they were in their feelings. They were in the flesh. You know, here before up until now, God did plenty of miracles through Moses but yet, they were thirsty and, you know, bump Moses at this point. You know, they had plenty of harsh words to say for Moses at this time. So this is what Moses is saying, you know. Didn't appreciate it at that point. And in verse 4, it states, And Moses cried unto the Lord, saying, What shall I do unto this people? They're almost ready to come and stone me. All right, so, so Moses, he did the right thing. He went before God and consulted before the Lord because he was at a loss with the people. And the Lord said unto Moses, Go on before the people and take with thee the elders of Israel and thy rod wherewith thou smotest the river. Take in thine hand and go. Behold, I will stand before thee there upon the rock in Horeb and thou shalt smite the rock and there shall come out there shall, come out, there shall water come out of it, that the people may drink. And Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. And he called the name of the place Mesa and Meribah, because of the children of Israel. And because they tempted the Lord, saying, Is the Lord amongst us or not? So basically, the Lord gives him instructions, saying, Smite this rock. And after you smite the rock, water is going to come forth okay so you got you guys see the picture all right so Moses had to have faith because he's talking about a rock go and smite the rock and water is going to come out all right so he, he followed the instructions of, of God and it happened water came out the people drank, and their beast their beasts were able to have water okay so in the second time the second passage we have numbers chapter 20 so this is a totally different time but guess what this stuff is repeating all right and you see that a lot with the people of God in these stories that same situation same circumstances they repeat why because we're failing to learn the lessons okay we're losing faith in our leaders we're losing faith in the man of God we're losing faith in the word of God and guess what Boop comes right back up so but we, we're, you know, in our in our natural thinking, we're thinking, oh, God is doing this. God is putting them on that. But yet it's the people yeah. bringing it on. They're conjuring it on with their complaining and with their bad words and their lack of faith. So 20 numbers, 20 verse two. And there was no water for the congregation. And they gathered themselves together against Moses and against Aaron. They were, they were ready to let them have it once again. And the people chose with Moses. That means they're, they're, they're having some hard words for him. And spake, saying, Would God that we had died when our brethren died before the Lord? And why have you brought up the congregation of the Lord into the wilderness, that we and our cattle should die there? Now they're, they're just completely doubting the man of God. They're basically questioning his motives. He's no good. I mean, all the signs and wonders he've already proven, they mean nothing at this point. Because right now he's failing. Right now he's not pop popular with them at all. So in their eyes, you know, he's a failure. Verse 5. And wherefore they made us to come up out of Egypt to bring us into this evil place. So what they're saying they are saying, we'd rather be in Egypt right now. We had it better in Egypt. Can you believe that? The insanity. They'd rather be in bondage, in slavery, you know, the whip cracking at your back, instead of being delivered. This is an evil place. It is no place of seed or of figs or vines or pomegranates, neither is there any water to drink. And Moses and Aaron went from the presence of the assembly unto the door of the tabernacle of the congregation, and they fell upon their faces. So, so Moses once again he consulted with the Lord. He was he was spent. He was tired, and all he wanted to do is lay before God. All right. So him and Aaron, his brother, the high priest, they laid on their faces, and the glory of the Lord appeared. God was there. See, God is just being patient. He's being patient with the people, being patient with the man of God, and and he appeared because he knew he needed Moses needed him. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Take the rod, and gather thou the assembly together, thou and Aaron thy brother, and speak ye unto the rock before their eyes. Now notice this time he's saying, Speak unto the rock. He's saying, Speak. Don't don't hit it. Don't smite it. Just speak now. I want you to speak. So the instructions are changing. It's not the same instruction. And that's what we must do as people of God is that we, you know, get out of doing the same thing all the time. Change your pattern and you will change your pattern when you hear the instructions of God, what he says, do that way. You're always fresh and it's new. And plus, it's from him. It's his instructions. But he's saying in verse eight, you know, speak ye unto the rock. And that's where that, that uh, Mark 11:23 23 comes from. Speak unto the mountain, you know, speak, declare, decree. So he's saying, speak ye unto the rock before their eyes. In other words, he's saying, I want them to see you do this. It's important that they see you set the example, Moses. Speak unto the rock. I don't want you to hit it. Right? All right. Verse 8. It's important. Mm. Hallelujah all right speak unto the rock before the eyes and it shall give forth his water and thou shalt bring forth to them water out of the rock so thou shalt give the congregation and there be strength and Moses took the rod before the Lord as he commanded him and Moses and Aaron gathered the congregation together they did that and he said unto them hear, hear ye now ye rebels must we fetch you water out of this rock and Moses lifted up his hand, and with his rod he smote the rock twice. And the water came out abundantly, and the congregation did drink, and their beasts drunk also. But the Lord spoke unto Moses and Aaron, and he said, Because you believe me not to sanctify me in the eyes of the children of Israel, therefore shall ye not bring this congregation into the land which I have given them. This is the water of Meribah, because the children of Israel strove with the Lord and he was sanctified in them. So because Moses grew impatient. And what I notice is that the people. Got into Moses. Okay, and what can happen being kingdom people, the worldly people can get into us by what they say, how they act. What they do, see, because Moses, you can see it through his actions. He became impatient. He let out an, a, a large outburst of anger and he called them rebels. God didn't tell him to do that. Did God tell him to do that? He didn't tell him. That wasn't in the instructions. I mean, I, I may say that to myself sometimes and I may want to call people that and stuff. But here in the word, it says, don't do that. He says, speak to the rock. Don't speak to them that way. And there's a reason that the Father, he set that example to have him speak faith to the rock because everything at this point is by faith. They're in the middle of the desert. There's no supermarkets. There's no Taco Bell. There's no Kmart. They're in the desert. So that's why they're freaking out because they are fleshly people. They don't see see with spiritual eyes like we see. They see with these physical eyes and all their physical eyes is telling them we about to die, you know, and Moses, it's your fault. We about to die. I'm blaming you. It's time to play the blame game now and I'm blaming you. (laughs) Yeah. So as we see from Moses life, I mean, the great things he did, the the signs, the wonders, I mean, the, the great man of faith he was, we see from the scriptures that patience his patience and his anger kind of overrode him because he got tired The people were vexing him, and so I say to say to you and me tonight, especially during this time, this holiday season, is that don't let the people get inside of you, because there's things in this world that will try to infiltrate and get inside our mind, and then it and then we're, we're acting crazy, you know, we're sleeping crazy, we're saying, that's it, we gotta. We got to release that demonic spirit. Amen. You guys know how to do self-deliverance, right? You should. You can't be in this congregation and not know how to do self-deliverance. So if you don't know how, come see me after church. But you release those negative things whenever you feel like you know that you know that something's not right. Okay. Once again, the Holy Ghost diagnosis. Release it. Release it to the Father. Say, Father, deliver me from evil. You know, I don't want this a part of me. It got in somehow. I don't want any part of this. I release it before your throne. Take it from me in the mighty name of Jesus. Just as simple as that. And you're free. He's faithful to cleanse us of all unrighteousness if we just confess. Amen? 1 John 1 and 9. Scripture also says that Moses was humble. He was one of the most humble men we know in the Scripture. He was humble. Uh, Moses didn't have a, a pride problem, an arrogance problem, or anything like that. Okay? So, you know, this Scripture is just reminding us that it can happen It can happen to anybody. You know? But now, uh, through the revelation of the New Testament, we understand. And because we understand, we can now master. Amen? And that's what Jesus wants us to do. He wants us to have rule and reign and have dominion in the earth and not let the same old tricks of the devil uh, trick us, you know, hinder us, take us out of the will of God. Amen. Father, we give you glory. We must let the intellect of God override our emotions in our everyday life the intellect of God is God's word and once again having a lack of patience will hinder or delay the manifestation of God's promise in our life okay we see that in the life of Sarah Sarah was the wife of Abraham who had the promise of Isaac uh, that's in Genesis eighteen twelve. So she gets the promise from the Lord that she will have a son. And even though she was barren, you know, an elderly woman, she laughed because in her heart she did not believe what God Almighty was saying to her. Didn't believe. And so because of her disbelief, her promise was delayed. She didn't see an instant manifestation. Her manifestation... Resulted in her trying to do it in her own power, her own will. That's why she told Moses, here, take the concubine. He can have your son. But how many of you know that that was not acceptable to God? That's not what God says, you know. He said, you shall have the son of promise. So she delayed it by her disbelief. Now we see an instant manifestation of God's promise through Mary. Mary, the mother of God. This is in Luke 1.38. When Mary, the mother of God, received her promise, even though she was a young lady, she was completely opposite of Sarah. She wasn't up in age, but she was, she was in her teens when she received that promise. But yet, she was faithful. She said, so be it. That's in Luke 1.38. I guess I'm going to be the handmaiden of the Lord. She received it with her whole heart. And it was the angel of the Lord that appeared to, to, uh, to Mary at that particular time. And she didn't have to wait 25 years like Sarah had to wait. See, so every time we step out in faith on a particular thing, whether it be our healing, our health, our finances, it's just pushing back. It's delaying. It's, it's getting the promise out of reach because we've, we've lost Patience you know we lost self control and we're just letting anything come out of our mouth instead of faith speaking faith instead instead of saying so be it the handmaiden of the lord is what i will be if the angel appeared to me and gave me the word of the lord then that's the word of the lord and that's where it's going to be and i'm going to i don't care if if hera comes after me he tries to kill me whatever bring it on i'll take any army i'll take any king doesn't matter because the, the word of the lord says that i'm going to be the handmaiden of of, of the lord i'm going to have this baby even though i know no mortal man has touched my body i'm going to do this because that's what the lord has decreed that's what the king of Kings has has decreed that's the way we have to be you know if god has declared us righteous then no matter if i feel righteous or not i'm righteous he's decreed he's decreed it before the foundations of the world i'm righteous i'm holy you know if he if he says that I'm a king and a, and a priest if he says that I'm rich any of the promises of god if the lord has said it then we can't dispute it because we dispute it then we're no longer in faith we're no longer the people of god because we're not living by faith so it's so fitting in this in this holiday season uh, as we reflect on jesus and his life and we, we, we know and we understand that the purposes and plans of, of you know, the Messiah is to be, be manifestations of his glory. You know, in this Christmas season, we're going to have, you know, ample amount of time to demonstrate that to people. Because people, they're going to need to see love in action. They're going to need to see kindness in action. And, you know, even at the Christmas party, you know, I was... Uh, just just watching pastor tom and becky you know how they do and how they serve people and you know they don't want any of this they never asked me to say any of this but i'm just going to do it anyway but you know the party was was crowded plenty of people here plenty of food and they're waiting on people getting people's plates and uh People didn't have place to sit, so they made tables in the back and they're instead of sitting at the front having the chiefest places in the temple they're they're in the back somewhere you know so this is the type of people this is our leadership that we work with people who 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 share the love of God who share kindness with people you know and and so that's what you know kingdom people that's what kingdom living is about and um it is through patience in, in which we accomplish the promises of God. Without patience, we can't, we can't make those those promises manifest without patience, without love, because they're all one and the same. They don't go without the other. Love is patient. Love is kind. It envieth not, you know, it doesn't speak any evil, doesn't think evil, you know, doesn't doesn't rejoice in, in evil things. It hopes, it hopes all things, believes all things. This is what love is. And we saw that exemplified in the love of the Father and the love of Jesus Christ. Well, I wish you all a Merry Christmas. Hope you enjoy the message tonight. <laughs> May it help you and assist you in your walk with the Lord. listening. For more from Treasure Coast Victory Center, visit us at mytcbc.com.